Welcome to the First Assembly podcast. We hope you enjoyed this week's message and find encouragement through the Holy Spirit. Good morning, everyone. Before I get to my message this morning, I want to share with you from a pastoral place just around a couple of things. The first thing is this. The events that have taken place in the United States over the last week or so have brought the subject again of prejudice and racism to the surface. and It's turned into demonstrations and, and all kinds of things that are going on in our world. And as I've been taking time just to think about uh, these things, I think at times like these, it's so important for us to, again, turn our hearts to the Lord in prayer. I think we should pray that prayer that David prayed. He said, Lord, search my heart and see if there's any offensive way in me and lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. And that rock, friends, is Jesus Christ. And he is the rock that we are building our lives on. He is the rock that we build this church on. In our church family, we are so beautiful. We are so diverse. But I'm just reminded again, as we go to the rock, Jesus Christ, that Jesus died for the sin of all mankind everybody. And at the foot of the cross, the ground is even. Bible says that in Christ, there is no Jew nor Greek. There is no slave nor free. There is no male nor female. We are all, we are all God's children. We are all his. And he loves us, each one of us, so dearly and so equally. My prayer is that at this time, we would just learn and listen And we would be mindful to, as we go about our mission of helping people to belong, to believe, and to become disciples of Jesus, as we go about our day loving all people to Jesus, that as we share and speak up, which we should, rightfully so, that we do it speaking the truth in love. And I believe that God has given us a great opportunity as a church family to respond and to let our voice be heard in love at times like these. So let's turn our hearts to prayer. We're going to pray in a moment together. The second thing I wanted to just share with you is, here's the question everyone has. When is the church reopening? And I want to thank you first for participating in the survey that we put out just recently. And we had such a great response from from all of you. And I really, really appreciate your input. As leadership... I want to ask you to continue to pray for us. As you can imagine, there are so many dynamics and uncertainties and things keep changing uh, literally by the day. Maybe not as fast as when everything started happening with the pandemic, but things are changing still rapidly. We want to be wise, but we don't want to operate in faith. So we are seeking the Lord for his timing for us to open First Assembly. We've already begun to open our building for staff and for small meetings and Soon, I'm hoping we can even begin to open our building for for little larger groups, maybe prayer meetings and things like that, so we could begin to see each other a little bit more. But as far as our Sunday gatherings go, there are so many dynamics, including social distancing and children's ministry that we have to consider and, and exits and entry points. And there's all kinds of things right now that are being asked and requests, requested of us. 
And so we want to uh, make sure that the timing is right when we do open. And when we open First Assembly, we want to open strong. We want to be the church. We want to come back strong. So I want to thank you for your patience and remind us that we are the church on mission. And even though we are scattered right now, we are together. So thank you for continuing to pray with us. And we will be updating you as soon as we have some clarity, as things begin to open up in the weeks and the months ahead. Uh, I believe we're going to see more and more progress towards us coming back together as one big happy family. What a day that's going to be. It's going to be amazing. So thank you for continuing to pray uh, with us. So let's just pray together. Uh, let me just lead us, family, uh, as, we, as we prepare our hearts for the word today. Father, I want to thank you that you are in control. And God, even at this time where the world seems to be going crazy and the world seems to be shaking, Lord, your word says that everything that can shake will shake. But Lord, we remind ourselves today that we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And we thank you, God, that you are at work, even though it is painful to see some of the things that are taking place in our hearts grieve, Lord, and we, we struggle with, with all these things that we encounter on a day-to-day -day basis over these days. But Lord, we turn to you and we look to you and we turn our hearts to you in prayer and we ask you, Lord, to continue to heal us and help us. And Lord, as we search our hearts, let us be open-hearted. And God, let us be more committed than ever to be the church in our city in this time, to love all people to Jesus. Show us what that means, Lord, and help us to move in the spirit of love and generosity with open arms, God. And we thank you for our church family. And I, got, I thank you, God, today that our church family, that we are diverse and we are beautiful. And we protect that unity and we celebrate that unity, Lord. And we pray that as we do come back, God, in a season that you will call us to, God, we're going to come back strong and we're going to see a mighty victory in the house. It's going to be amazing. And God, we just give you praise and we thank you for these things. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. All right. Well, are you ready for the word this morning? I want to share with you for a few moments this morning, continue in our series that we've entitled Back to the Basics. So if you have a Bible, Acts chapter 2 is where we're going to be looking together today. And I want to look with you just for a few moments this morning. And I want to look at what I believe could be the three most powerful words written about the early church. And at first, I wonder if, even as I share these words with you, that you might say, well, I don't know if they sound that powerful, and maybe these aren't the most necessarily exciting words or attractive words or charismatic words. Um, not many churches have I seen put these words on their church website, or, or you know, it's not their vision statement, although I think it might make a great vision statement. But these three words that I'm just going to read in a moment represent... An attitude. They represent a mindset. They, they represent uh, our, our hearts being postured in such a way. And I believe that today, as we reimagine in this season what it means to be the church, what it means for us to be First Assembly on mission here in our city, here at this time, 2020, and moving forward. And we're trusting God that He's helping us and showing us what this looks like and what this means for us. So, Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Here are the first three words. Are you ready? Here they are. They devoted themselves. 
they devoted themselves. And let me just read the scripture and you can follow on the screens. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And all the believers were together and they had everything in common and they sold their property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The word devotion means, means profound dedication. That's what it means. And these early believers had a profound dedication to the Lord and to each other. Uh, the early church did quite a few things that were mentioned in the text that we read. They devoted themselves uh, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking bread, to sharing communion together, to prayer. And there were other things that we see that we're going to be talking about over the next number of weeks in this series about some of the actions that the early church, how they functioned and what they did to see God's mission move forward. But this morning I want to focus on this attitude of devotion. This attitude of devotion is, devotion means commitment. It means loyalty. Devotion is steadfast. It's resolved. It's dedicated. It's committed. It's constant. And uh, there's a lot of things that the early church did, but what they had is they had this attitude of devotion. They didn't really have a lot of the things that we have today. If you look at the book of Acts and you think about the early church, they didn't really have uh, men's ministry, women's ministry, kids' ministry. They didn't have a website. They didn't have a, a worship band and lights and stage. And they didn't even have facilities necessarily or buildings. They met uh, outside and they, they met at the temple courts and they, they met from home to home. We, we do know that kind of like we're meeting right now. They didn't have a lot of things that we have in the church today. And some of the things that we have in the church today are not necessarily bad things. They're things that God has blessed us with to further the work of the ministry, to advance the kingdom and advance the, the mission. But they didn't have the things that we have, but they had the fire of the Holy Spirit. They had this attitude of devotion and it, it impacted not only the early church, but even today we are here because of the impact of this, the, the first believer's devotion to the Lord. On Pentecost, 3,000 people repented. In Acts 2, it says, And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Acts 4 says that many who heard the message, they believed, and the number of men grew about 5,000. They had about 5,000 people start growing at that point. And then Acts, by Acts chapter 6, it says, So the word of God spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly. So they were experiencing explosive church growth. And so here's the big idea of, of the message today. I want you just to get this thought. Renewed personal devotion produces renewed spiritual momentum. I'm going to say that one more time. Renewed personal devotion produces renewed spiritual momentum. So let's look at each one of these words uh, one by one. The first word in this phrase, this powerful phrase, is they. Remember, they devoted themselves. Let's look at they. They means that they were committed to each other. 
we are committed to each other, First Assembly. Even though right now we are scattered, and do you know that in the book of Acts, that not long after Pentecost and persecution began to take place and, and the, the believers were persecuted, they were a scattered church, very much like we are scattered right now. But they were committed to each other. And we know that the foundations of this early church, that they were so committed to fellowship, they were committed to breaking bread together, uh, they, were, they were committed to these things. And as a church, we are committed to each other. Even during this season right now, even though we're not meeting together on Sundays, I hope you're getting our, our good news updates every week. And if you're not part of our mailing list, we'd love to, to send you our weekly updates. But God is doing some amazing things. Do you know uh, that we recently, over the, I guess the last couple of years or so, have given away now 40 cars through our community group that is uh, our mechanics community group. And so we're giving uh, many of them to single moms and families that, that need help and, and need a vehicle. So we, we get them and we fix them up. It's exciting. And hundreds of care packages have also gone out over these weeks. And so we thank Mama Dolly and the team and some of you volunteering to be a part of that. And it's, it's very exciting to see how we are meeting practical needs in our city and connecting with the I Choose Hope campaign at the Calgary Dream Center recently. Thanks for coming by. So good to see so many of you. We are making a difference and we are saying we're choosing hope in a season where it is very hopeless. But we are doing this together. It reminds us that they... They were committed together. They devoted themselves. And they, like us, are committed to being together at this time. They were in the upper room praying. They were in the upper room seeking God together when the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost. I was so encouraged on Pentecost Sunday, just this last Sunday, so many of you joined us for that Zoom call. And we called it Pentecost Sunday in the Upper Zoom. Do you know, afterwards, I was asking one of our staff, I said, I was looking on, the, on there, it looked like there was like 80 or 90, you know, some people. And, and we figured when we counted everybody, because there were some of us, like Heather and I were on the same screen, and if you counted everybody, we had over 120 people on Pentecost Sunday on our Zoom church Sunday night prayer, empower prayer meeting. We weren't able to do it here at the church sanctuary, but we were able to do it online. And you guys, I was so encouraged, friends, I was so encouraged by just being there praying with all of you. And, and it was so good to see so many of your faces. And you know, I was talking today to one of our team and we were talking about some things that God is doing and how the Lord is leading. And, and it seems like even this week, and I want you to be encouraged, and I was so encouraged, I feel like I was stuck on a couple of things a few weeks ago. I feel like there were some decisions that I was really seeking God for. I feel like there were some things that weren't moving forward or I was just wondering about. To be honest with you, I even felt some emotions of discouragement over the last couple of weeks. But do you know that after that prayer meeting where we came together, where we devoted ourselves in that time to pray and to seek God, uh, things change. And I was talking to our staff member today and he said to me, you know what? So much has changed even since Sunday night prayer. And I believe it's because we are devoted together. We are devoted as a people who pray. And we're going to be talking more about prayer in this series. But friends, I want to encourage us that as they devoted themselves, that we, First Assembly, we are devoting ourselves to the Lord in this season. The second word is exactly that devoted they devoted themselves they devoted devotion or this word devoted in this original greek language means constantly attending to it's the idea of there's constant attention constant focus and constantly attending to 
the matters at hand that are most important. I, when I go camping with my family, I'm the guy usually that is in charge of starting the fire, but I've found that my girls like it that I also take the responsibility on that I don't just start the fire, I put out the fire. But not only do I just start the fire and put out the fire, I'm the one in the family that tends to the fire. And we've gone camping uh, a couple of times, but every time we've done that and you know the, got the tent set up and all those things, I'm the guy that makes sure that the fire is going. And even overnight, there are times we stay late up at night and, and the coals of that fire, they just kind of keep on going. And in the morning, I'm so delighted to see some hot coals that are still there and just get that fire going and get it, get it moving again. I'm the one that tends to the fire. You know, in the Old Testament, it was the priest's responsibility to keep the fire burning on the altar. And that speaks to you and me. We are all priests in the Lord. We are all a royal priesthood, the Bible says. So I want to encourage you and, and me in this season. It's our responsibility to be, to be devoted, to be constantly attending to prayer, constantly attending to, to being in the Word, constantly attending to being devoted to fellowship and to being together. They devoted themselves. And that's the, the third thought today. In that phrase, the third word is themselves. They devoted themselves. And this speaks of personal responsibility to sort out, again, what is most important in our lives. And in this season, as we're in this time, this shift, this realignment, uh, it starts with us evaluating. And even as I shared a few moments ago, saying, God, search my heart and, and see, Lord, if there's any offensive any uh, unbalanced, any way in me, any priority in me that is, that is not a priority that you have for me, God. And as I look at myself, God, as I take responsibility myself, I want in this season for you to transform me and to purify me. And so I want to encourage this First Assembly, let's continue to make that our prayer, that we say, God, keep transforming me, keep, keep ministering to me, keep refreshing me, keep building me, keep, keep changing me to become more and more like Christ. Because they devoted themselves was such a powerful, powerful heart attitude. And I believe we have that attitude, First Assembly, but I believe that God is using this season I don't believe that God is the author of any kind of virus, sickness, or disease. I believe, though, that God does work all things together for good. I believe that God is at work at this time in your life and in our church in such significant and powerful ways. And so as we look at ourselves, as we take personal responsibility to say, God, search my heart. And, and what is it in me, God, that needs to shift and realign? You know, as the Macedonian believers... And Paul, he, he came and, and he was bragging to the Corinthians. And he was saying, hey guys, I'm taking up this offering. I'm receiving an offering for the church in Jerusalem. They're in need. And I want to tell you, guys, before I take this offering, I want to let you know about the Macedonian believers. They gave themselves, they offered themselves, they devoted themselves to being generous to the church in Jerusalem. And I think Paul was kind of saying, I think you guys can do better than them. I think he was maybe kind of stoking up a little bit of holy competition between the churches. And you know, if we are going to compete with other churches, we should always outdo each other with good works. The Bible says that's the one way we can compete, outdo each other by good works. And I think this is what was happening here. He was saying, guys, I want you to know about these Macedonian believers. You see, because they begged to be part of this. They, they devoted themselves. They said, I, I, I want to be part of this. And out of their exceeding 
um, they exceeded the expectations, rather, out of their deep poverty, it says, that they gave. And they exceeded the expectations. And first of all, it says that they gave to the Lord, and then they gave also to us. To me, these Macedonian believers that, that we find in, in, the, in the Scripture, and, uh, they gave themselves first to the Lord and also to us, is what it says. And I think it also represents the early church. They gave themselves first to the Lord. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the word of God, and to, and to fellowship, and to prayer, and to the breaking of bread. They, they offered themselves to God. They devoted their lives to God. And they devoted their lives. They devoted themselves to each other. And I, I want to encourage us, uh, before we reach the end of this month, we're in June now, we have a goal to raise $24,000 for global missions. So you may have seen that, but I want to encourage us and remind us again that as we give, let's give from our place. Maybe we don't have a lot right now. Maybe there's uncertainty about the future, but let's be inspired by the Macedonian believers that said, we want to give and we want to be a part of this. Well, just in conclusion, I want to remind us of, some of you might know of the missionary Hudson Taylor. And he was the missionary to China in the 1800s. He was one of the greatest missionaries of all time. And he first felt a call as a young man on his life. He, he set his heart. He devoted his heart. He dedicated time to learning Mandarin. He learned the language so that he could go to China and prepare to be on, on, on the mission field, to share the gospel with people. And at that time, there was very, very uh, little gospel presence, very few missionaries in China. But to prepare himself, he decided for a while that he would devote himself to the diet of rice and oatmeal because he knew going to China, he would face hardship. He devoted himself. And on a five-month journey to get from Europe to China, he was almost shipwrecked. And when he got there, he, he found himself in the middle of a civil war. He was not able to win barely any converts for that first year on the mission field. He was eating rice and oatmeal, but he devoted himself. And he got frustrated at one point because even after he was there for some time, he had only a few converts. And he thought to himself, I need, if I'm going to reach the Chinese population, I need to dress like the Chinese. I need to wear my hair in a ponytail like the Chinese men did back then. I need to, to wear the, the robes like the Chinese men did. And do you know that when he dedicated, when he focused, when he committed, when he was all in, things began to change and God began to move powerfully and he began to see souls saved. He began to see people come to Christ. And by the time Hudson died, he had started the, the China Inland Mission. And 825 missionaries were serving in every province in China, 300 mission stations, 500 local Chinese workers, over 25,000 new Chinese Christians had come to faith by the time he had passed away and went to heaven. And what was said about Hudson Taylor after he had died was this. It said this. People said this about Hudson Taylor. More than any other human being, James Hudson Taylor made the greatest contribution to the cause of world mission in the 19th century. He was ambitious without being proud. He was biblical without being bigoted. He was a follower of Jesus without being superficial. He was charismatic without being selfish. Don't you want to be like Hudson Taylor? He was a man who knew what it meant to devote himself to the work of the Lord. He had what the early church had, devotion, dedication, 
consecration, commitment. And friends, that's what God, I believe, is doing in this season in our lives. First Assembly, God is, is squeezing us, shaping us, molding us, making us. Let's continue to allow the pressure, perhaps, that we might feel in this season of not being able to meet together like we like, we like to, like we usually do. Let's allow the, the work of the Spirit to go deep in our lives, that we would say, God, refine us and, and, and re- refiner's fire. Come burn inside of me. And, and, and Lord, as I submit my life to you, as I, as I come to you open-hearted and open-handed, God, I don't know what the future has in store, but Lord, I, I know that you are doing something in me and I want to be a part of a, a mighty church movement, a mighty revival, a mighty move of God. And you know what? I really believe, and I've said this before, I believe, I know, friends, we're going to get through this season and what is on the other side is powerful. What is on the other side is incredible. And I believe that God is preparing us individually. I believe that the most key thing in that early church, although they did some significant actions like like devoting themselves to the word and prayer and fellowship and all those things, all those things were good. And we're going to talk about those things more in our series But what their secret weapon was against the kingdom of darkness and why the Holy Spirit empowered those believers in the early church where they saw thousands saved, where they saw signs, wonders, and miracles, it was was this. It was a heart attitude that said, I'm going to devote myself to the Lord and to people. I'm going to devote myself. Isn't that what Jesus said as well? Love God and love people. And by doing this, we are fulfilling all of God's commands so friends, I want to I pray with us today, but let me just close by, by reading Romans 12 to you. I want to read this to you, and uh, it, it is all about devoting ourselves to God. And I'm reading from the, the good, the, I believe it's the good news, or sorry, it's the God's Word translation. Let me, let me read it, and it's on your screen for you as well. Brothers and sisters, in view of all we have just shared about God's compassion, I encourage you to offer your bodies as living sacrifices dedicated to God and pleasing to him. This kind of worship is appropriate for you. Don't become like the people of this world. Instead, change the way you think. Then you will always be able to determine what God really wants, what is good, pleasing, and perfect. Because of kindness that God has shown me, I ask that you not think of yourselves more highly than you should. Instead, your thoughts should lead you to use good judgment based on what God has given each of you as believers. And then down to verse 6. God in his kindness gave each of us different gifts. If your gift is speaking what God has revealed, make sure that what you say agrees with Christian faith. And if your gift is serving then devote yourself to serving. And if it's teaching, devote yourself to teaching. And if it's encouraging others, devote yourself to giving encouragement. If it's sharing, be generous. If it's leadership, lead enthusiastically. If it's helping people in need, help them cheerfully. Love sincerely. Hate evil. Hold on to what is good. Be devoted to each other like a loving family. And I think that's our vision, being devoted to each other like a loving family. Excel in showing respect for each other. Don't be lazy in showing your devotion. Use your energy to serve 
the Lord. They devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to the Lord. I want to just move into a time of ministry and prayer with you. And if you're watching today and you're tuning in on this service and you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus in your life, you haven't made a conscious choice, I want to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says if you call on the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ, that, that He is Lord, you, you can call on His name today and put your faith in Him and you can know Him. And friend, if that's you, I, just, I would just encourage you, even right where you are, uh, even just to raise your hand right now. If you're at home, you're uh, watching on a screen, I just encourage you just to raise your hand. God sees your hand, and I'd love to lead you in a prayer. If that's you, just pray something like this from your heart. Jesus, here I am. I ask you to meet me right where I am. Lord, I'm devoted and committed to all kinds of things. But Lord, I want to be devoted to you. I want to turn my devotion and my affection to you. And I ask you to come into my life, forgive my sin. I put my trust in you today. Thank you for saving me. Amen. And I believe that as you have done that, and you've called out on the name of the Lord, if you've reached out to the Lord today, that he sees your heart, and we want to help you on your journey. We want to help you on your discovery of what it means to be uh, a devoted, a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. So uh, please get a hold of us right there while you're watching. There's, there's some buttons on the top. There's a button called Next Steps, and we would love to connect with you on that. Friends, let me just pray for us as we conclude today, as we go about our day, as we move into today and the week to come. Let's continue to be in prayer, but let's ask God to really devote uh, or really to help us devote our hearts and our minds and our lives to him and to each other in a brand new way. And we're going to ask that the Lord would do this supernaturally. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And then at the very end, there are some questions that we've provided for you if you're meeting at home. Or, or even if you're meeting on your own, I would encourage you to call up a friend or get in connection with somebody and, and spend some time digging a little bit deeper and, and walking through those questions and have a prayer time with the people that you're meeting with as well. Because it's important that we don't just tune in online, but that we devote ourselves to the Lord and to each other. Let me pray for you and let's, uh, let's move out in a time of ministry today as we conclude our time. So Father, I thank you for my first assembly family. I thank you, God, that we are in this, but we are in this together. And God, I pray your blessing and your strength and your encouragement. Lord, I pray you would give us wisdom in these days. I pray you would give us supernatural grace and anointing. I pray you would give us discerning of spirits. You'd give us all the gifts of the spirits. You'd give us, uh, you'd give us everything that you have for us, Lord. You would pour out your spirit in a fresh way upon our church family. Lord, that you would provide, that you would lead, that you would lead us into the vision that is in your heart for our city and for our church. And God, may we not get weary in well-doing because we know, Lord, that we will reap a harvest as we, as we keep our hearts in tune with you, as we keep our hearts devoted, as we don't lose heart, but we keep our hearts devoted. They devoted themselves to you, Lord. And we want to be a church that has a fresh devotion to you. Lord, we want to be a church that comes out of this COVID season devoted and committed and involved and serving with our gift in every way that we can to see the kingdom of God move forward, to see souls come to know you. And so I pray today that you would light 
a fire in us because, Lord, it's you that lit that supernatural fire where the priests were called to tend it. And, Lord, you were the one that fell on Pentecost and lit that fire, Lord, and, and, and you came and the fire of the Spirit moved and it birthed the church and miracles and signs and wonders flowed. Lord, we're asking you today again, light the fire in us. And God, let the fire burn. But Lord, let us now say, God, we're going to be devoted. We're going to be constantly tending to that fire, the fire of God in our lives. And Lord, as we do, we will see your kingdom come. We will see, Lord, your, your miracles break out. We will see souls come to know you. And I pray, Lord, today that as we go from this time of church together, that you would strengthen each one in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, First Assembly. Please spend some time with your family around the questions with your friends and uh, hope to see you real soon. Hope to see you real time. If not, we will see you online soon. God bless you. Have an amazing Sunday. Thank you so much for listening to this message. We pray that you have received truth and have been encouraged. For more information about First Assembly, how to get connected, and to listen to our latest worship albums, please visit our website at www.fa.church.